Hello and welcome to Marketing Connected. I'm your host, Rizwana Manjur. Following the success of our Survival Instinct series, we're now launching a brand new initiative titled Life After Advertising. Life After Advertising was created amidst the global COVID-19 pandemic, which saw many ad professionals having to leave the industry and hit restart on their professional careers. Over the next few weeks, we will speak to some of the most iconic individuals in Adland who have now shifted gears and we'll find out how they've redirected their careers. Anne Ridwan is no stranger to the world of advertising in Indonesia, holding prominent roles across Leo Burnett, Publicis One, Sachi and & Sachi, and of course, Ogilvy. Since leaving her CEO role at Ogilvy & Mather Indonesia, Anne has worked across various industry groups and embraced her life as a professional coach. In a very unique shift, she's also now partner and CEO of InnoFit Bio, a company focused on empowering people to achieve the best versions of themselves through science-based products. One of its first products in Indonesia is through a partnership with MyDNA Australia, which is a lifestyle-based DNA test that helps people formulate the best nutrition, fitness regime, vitamin, medication, and skincare that is hyper-personalized to their body's needs. Let's listen to Anne's story. Hi, Anne. Thanks so much for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing? I am currently, I have three hats, actually. I'm wearing three hats at the moment. I am partner and CEO of InnoFit Bio, which is a health and wellness company. Uh, at the moment, our very first product is a lifestyle-based DNA. And then that will be my uh, one of the hats that I'm wearing. The second hat that I'm wearing is I am a part-time worker in Gojek. I'm a consultant, basically, in Gojek. Uh, I work as a commercial lead and agency relations. Uh-huh. Um, then the third hat that I'm wearing is still connected to my past life, <laughs> which is my life in advertising agency. I am a commissioner, one of the commissioners in one of the fastest and largest growing uh, local agencies network uh-huh. called SAB. And so that's what I'm doing. So you've got numerous hats on, but what really stands out is your role with my DNA. How did you make that shift? Well, to be honest, uh, my friends started this company and, you know, started this whole discussion about lifestyle-based DNA. And, um, and they kind of asked me to join them, not for anything. Actually, they always saw me as someone very passionate about health. So could you tell us a little bit about your last role in the ad world and the very prominent other roles that you've held? My last position was CEO of Ogilvy Group Indonesia. Um, before that, I was CEO of Publicis One Indonesia, where I had to look after you know multiple agencies, um, Leo Burnett, Starcom, Sachi Sachi, Publicis, um, Razorfish, and Zenith Optimedia. And before that, I was CEO of Leo Burnett. So that was my last eight years in agency. 
You also pride yourself as someone who likes fluidity and time to pursue your passions. We see that you're very involved with coaching, being a certified uh, professional coach, and you've also held um, some part-time commercial lead and agency relations roles with Gojek. That must have not uh, left you with a whole lot of free time. How do you still find the balance? Okay, I think the, the great things, this is what I learned uh, from one of the coaches or the master coaches in Indonesia. What he was saying is um, everything has to be a life by design. So you design what kind of life you want to have. Hmm. And, and you put all the things around that because, you know, um, otherwise you will just be doing things that you have to do, but then you never have the chance to make things that you want to do or, you know, have time for yourself to be able to grow yourself at the personal level or professional level. So because of that, I actually made that decision. For instance, with Gojek, I only want to take a part-time job and then commissioner job um, helps me still tied in with you know, agency life because mm. I'm passionate about creativity. And I, when I was in, in agency, I was also the caretaker of uh, Chita Pariwara, which is Indonesia's advertising festival. I was um, chairwoman for two years for that. And so, you know, so that's how passionate I was <laughs> with the industry. Yeah. Um, so, and then commissioner job is not a daily job. It's um, mostly bi-weekly job. Mm. And lifestyle DNA, I have a team that runs it and I look after it um, probably about a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so I still have time for myself, fortunately. But I designed it like that because I want it because I had never had that kind of life before. Yeah, My life before was full of meetings, back-to-back meetings, con call, dinners with clients, dinners with your teams and it's just quite exhausting sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So I, I wanted that life. So I made it happen, basically. So running an ad agency is more than a full-time job. It can take over your entire lifestyle. Um, so I guess my question is, was the lack of time or maybe the non-stop work culture ever a reason for you to leave the the ad agency world and take on a more health conscious sort of industry i don't think so um i was always very passionate so um and i think you know anybody who's been in advertising agency for more than 15 years or more than 20 years should be really passionate about about it right yeah so the long hours was never really a big issue um that line i think it was really more to I don't know what else that I could do. (laughs) I think you've reached a certain place in your life that probably you felt a bit stuck. And then you started questioning whether this is something that you wanted to do for the rest of your life or you wanted to actually add on to that with something that is of your real passion. And, And I think that was more... to to that that led to that decision of okay um maybe i should take a break from really running an agency and and then look into what is it that i want to do 
for the rest of my life and make my life more meaningful, I would say. I mean, it's not like my life in agency was not meaningful, but, you know, it was, you know, when you come to a management position and then, you know, when you were tasked to transform agencies to all you do is really that, really numbers, transforming agency, restructuring. So to the point that for me personally, personally, I lost I lost my purpose, <laughs> to be honest. Like, okay, I can do this. I know I'm good at doing this, but is that all that I wanted to do? And I, I didn't think so. And I wanted to add to that and, you know, and, and stop and find a new purpose or a new a meaning, I would say. I mean, I know it sounds so cliche, but I, I did come to that. So I'm just being really honest here. No, I, I really do appreciate the honesty. And and how long were you feeling that way and, and mulling the decision to leave before you actually did it? You know, initially I did, to be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. initially I did. But then, you know, after a, a full year of, of feeling that you know, that you felt that you were not doing what you wanted to do and you felt that you were not being fair not only to yourself but also to the people working for you, um, right? Um, when you kind of lost the passion a little bit and wanted to explore something new, um, I think you should be brave enough to, to make a decision for your life. I mean, for me, it was more like, I have to do it now. If I don't do it now, maybe there will not be another chance to do it in the future. So would you say that you found your passion and made that into your career at this point? Almost there. I think I am, um, I think I found my passion. That's true. Health and wellness. Coaching is also another passion that I found. Um, and I think it's more to now really putting a lot of energy into building or maximizing this passion on how far can I actually stretch this. Mm. I think that's more to that. Mm. Passion is very interesting. I mean, personally to me, um, I hear a lot of people uh, who want to follow their passion and have been successful at it, but it can be very romanticized at times as well, I believe. Um, because there's also a cost element that some people might not um, completely think through. We're often saying follow your passion, but in a quite practical manner, we still need a source of income to enable us to follow it through. So I guess, I guess my question is, what advice would you have for people who are young and want to follow their passion and go all in? You never know where your life uh, you know, where your path takes you and how, where it might end. And I think you can't take the job lightly as well because you never know that maybe the job will save you because apparently the passion is not something feasible or something that you can pursue for long term. But Or, you know, when you make it into business, it's not a business that you would like to pursue, for instance. So in order to, to get there, to do your passion, you also need to know exactly what is it that you really want out of it. If you're not so sure just because everybody else is doing it, then it's not a passion. You know, it's not a passion of yours. You're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. But if it's a passion of yours, 
you know exactly what you want to, you know, to get out of it. And then you strategize your life around it. Even if you take a job, for instance, to support you in order for you to make that happen, but don't take both one of them, you know, less uh, seriously than the others. But you need to make sure that you make that passion happen. Otherwise, you know, having working, you know, two things all at the same time, giving your all to both of things is not going to, you know, it doesn't, doesn't lead you to greatness as well. So, Anne, tell me a little bit about your lifestyle-based DNA product. We partner with this company in Australia uh, called MyDNA. Um, and it's a genomic interpretation company. Um, and they've got products so on, on lifestyle-based DNA. So basically, one is testing your DNA against nutrition. Mm. Nutrition meaning um, how well you can process fat. Um, do you have issues in your fatty acid processing, for instance, if you eat excessively would you are you the type that can just flush out the excessive food or you will store it in your in your body so you become obese you know and the likelihood of obesity and the kind of meal that you should not eat um so things like that um and then on caffeine for instance the effect of caffeine to you are you going to be a much an anxious person or are you going to get jittery out of it? Hmm. So how many cups can you get for a day? Um, will that affect your sleeping mode? Um, and, you know, if you can't process caffeine well in your body, do you need an inducer? Is there an inducer, for instance? And so, you know, like um, fitness, for instance, are you a power or endurance person? Do you get injury, uh, you know, easily? Um, and then, um, what would be the, the good regime for you to do? Um, do you, uh, is your stamina low by default or high by default? You know, all those things. And another one would be vitamin. Oh. So, you know, except for those vitamins that, of course, we need as we get older, right? And of course, you need to check with your healthcare as well when you want to take <clears throat> certain vitamins like vitamin D, right? Oh. But, based on your dna it can help you find out the core needs of your uh, vitamins how do you market the product and monetize it it's actually a swap so it's the product is it's like selling selling any fmcg selling any product we are selling a report okay. so one report consists of vitamins fitness nutrition and caffeine right and that's priced at a certain <coughs> value and then there's a medication that's priced at a certain level of um, value. And then there is skin that is priced at a certain value. So we basically is a retail product. With more consumers now conscious about their lifestyles, do you think you're in a better position to ride through the COVID wave? I would say so. I think we are quite optimistic. Yes, of course, like any other businesses, you know, I think there is no business that's not affected. But um, we are optimistic. Uh, we did reach a bit of a stagnancy um, after March because of the pandemic, you know, working from home and then it's a mucal swap. So safety was an issue as well. So we had to address that. And then um, there were some issues in in uh, trying to reach Australia as well, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, each, each, each of the countries is on, I would say, lockdown and as PSBB. 
Um, but now things are picking up again and, and we are very optimistic because more and more people are into health and wellness and they want to know their body better. So were there uh, lots of points for you to learn and unlearn as you made your shift to my DNA? Not necessarily unlearn. Actually, all the things that I learned in agency, I apply them, okay. you know, the management side of it and yeah. also the marketing side of it, you know, brand, how do you communicate? And one of the things that, you know, I learned is when you talk to doctors, <laughs> to healthcare professionals, right, and hospital, and then you go to these uh, seminars, um, you need to make this product exciting. And because you work in agency, you are able to create a story, right? And story that, you know, why you need these products and the solutions, because agencies or advertising is about business solutions, I would say. Mm. And what we are taught in is actually creating a story to... To be not to be believable, but to communicate a story because people love stories. So I, I would say that's what I bring in to okay. the business um, and um, creating pitch decks that are not talking, not very how do I say, it? not very technical. I would say, but very human. <laughs> yeah, right. Because we we learn about human interactions, human behavior when we are when we were when we are in advertising. You know, a lot of people might be afraid to hit restart on their lives, but talking to you, um, it feels like you almost embraced it and wanted to challenge yourself to doing something fresh and that would also allow you to have um, space and time for personal growth. What advice would you have for people who might be a little bit scared to hit the restart button on their lives? I would say just do it because you'll never know. But you have to have a safety net, meaning, you know, you need to make sure that your life is in order first. <laughs> and, you know, and the things that you are going to foray into is something that has already, that you have already um, thought through, basically. You know, there's no stopping that. I mean, if you want to try that part-time, it's also okay. But basically have the courage and just jump. Um, have a leap of faith. I did that. It wasn't easy, uh, but I had faith that that would work because I am going to make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's basically what I could advise. Just have faith. And if you want to do it, make sure you are going to do it and you're going to kick ass doing it. While the series is called Life After Advertising, I don't feel that your love affair with the ad world is completely done. Um, so you still have a lot of ties with advertising, right? <laughs> I still train in a advertising association in Indonesia. So I still train, uh, give training, I would say. So I guess if you were to head back into the ad world full time, what kind of agency would you join? You know, I might not join an agency. I might just create an agency, to be honest. Something not big, just smaller, and um, maybe something more strategic. I'm actually quite a nerd, to be honest. Um, um, so more of the strategic side of it. So not joining. I think I'm done joining, especially network agencies. <laughs> um, if I were to go back, I'll make my own. Last question. If you could change one thing about the ad scene in Indonesia, what would you change? I think as an industry, because after all, we are a small industry, I would say 
what I could change is the way we uh, work together. I think all agencies need to collaborate more and work more because together, you know, um, otherwise we will always be the victims of um, how can we actually work together. So we have a much stronger ground when we talk to clients, you know, it's not being um, compared to based on pricing alone, but really on the value that we can bring to the tables um, and, you know, just have a stronger voice. I think I would probably change that and make that more for the ad scene in Indonesia. That concludes this week's episode of Life After Advertising. To stay on top of trends, learn to reskill and upskill your capabilities and grow your professional network, head to www.marketing-interactive.com. We'll see you there.